So now it's the time for us to listen to the Dhamma. And we make this into a practice of the Dhamma as well. And we allow our minds to settle into peace uh, through watching our breath and also through receiving the sound of Dhamma as well. And we contemplate uh, while we're doing this. And this contemplation, um, it's there within the four foundations of mindfulness. So when we're sitting in meditation as we are now, then we have collectedness uh, with our bodies and our speech. And this is what we refer to as sila or morality. So we've all um, had the intention to take up the precepts already whether it's the five precepts or the eight precepts. And it's not necessary to ask for these from the monastics. We're able to determine these precepts on our own. And so when we sit in meditation in our house and we um, are determined to keep the precepts, then that's what we refer to by taking up these precepts uh, through our own intention. And so having peace of body and of speech, this is sila. And the benefits of morality is that it develops into samadhi. And then when samadhi is developed well, that will flourish in wisdom. Wisdom then gives rise to vimuti and freedom. So therefore all of us, we have this morality, this calmness in both our body and speech. And having that foundation there, it's time for us to look into our hearts and to train them. Because the Buddha taught that those who take care of their minds um, are the ones who will be able to free themselves from Mara's snare. So this looking after and taking care of our minds is in the Jitta Nupasana uh, section of the Satipatthana Sutta, the mindfulness of the mind itself. And so the, the practices uh, which lead us to the Dhamma are the uh, wings uh, of awakening. And these are the four noble truths, the four foundations of mindfulness, the four paths to success, the five um, faculties, the five powers, and the seven factors for awakening. And all of these are really contained within the Eightfold Noble Path. And that they're all there within it. So this practice of developing sila, samadhi, and panya, of morality, of the collectedness of mind and of wisdom, is developing all of the uh, aforementioned factors. So when we come to sit in meditation, then we have this intention to keep our mindfulness here in the present moment. And so whatever method uh, we use to do that, 
to keep our mindfulness here and to develop peace, then we use that. And we just try to keep our minds on one single object. Because throughout the day, it's normal that when we go to work or when we engage in our various duties, then there'll be a lot of thoughts that go on uh, during that entire process. And through many parts of the day, it's natural that our mindfulness just won't be able to keep up, it won't be strong enough. So when we have the opportunity and we have the time, then we should try and develop this quality of mindfulness um, to sit in meditation for 30 minutes, say. And then we can look at our minds and ask ourselves, what are we thinking about right now? We want for our minds to be calm and to stay and settle on the breath as it comes in and leaves the body. But will it stay there? When we first try to practice meditation, then just sitting for five minutes can seem like an impossible task. And why is that? It's because our minds are so um, disturbed and so hot. They can be full of annoyance. And then when we sit in meditation and our minds are really upset and hot, then we're just not able to put up with it. What's important though is that we try to um, bear with the situation. And as we endure, then our samadhi uh, will get better. The mind will become more firm and collected. And we'll be able to sit in meditation for longer periods. Even though our minds might not yet experience much peace, we shouldn't let that concern us or worry us in any way. But we just persist with it. Try every day to engage in this practice when we have the time to do so. And it's also very important to maintain mindfulness throughout the day, to try to always uh, be giving rise to these qualities of mindfulness, of sati. Uh, and another way of translating that is recollection and of sampajanya and all around knowing. And when we have these two qualities of sati and sampajanya, then wisdom will naturally uh, come along as well. And we'll be able to know all of the things that we experience, all of the mental impressions as they're happening. And so therefore, Ajahn Chah, he taught for all of us to take good care of our minds. There was a time when I was a younger monk and I was doing walking meditation. And I was wondering to myself, you know, where is it, this path of practice that will take me to attaining and knowing the Dharma quickly. I wanted to know clearly the way of practice. Even though I'd attended uh, to Venerable Ajahn Chah for many years, and I'd been living with him in his monastery, listening to his Dharma, contemplating the teachings that he gave me, but still I had these doubts about the path of practice. And so I was doing walking meditation in the afternoon and wondering to myself, what is the path that will take me there for sure? 
where, where's the shortcut? Where's the fastest way, the fastest route to knowing and understanding the Dhamma? And so that night, Venerable Ajahn Chah gave a Dhamma talk. And he said that all of us have eyes and ears, nose, tongue, body and mind. And then when we have these um, internal sense organs, then it's just natural that there'll be external sense objects that meet with that. So there will be forms and sounds, odors, uh, tastes, touches, and um, mental impressions, so thoughts and emotions. And there are these six kinds. So there's the six internal sense organs and these six external sense objects. When these two meet together, then there is contact or pasa. With the arising of pasa, then what comes up following that? Well, there's vedana or feeling. There's either pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling, or neutral feeling. And then it just follows on naturally that when we experience this vedana or feeling, there'll also be tanha or craving that comes up. This tanha arises due to the vedana, the feeling. And then the vedana in turn comes up because we have this contact uh, between the external sense objects and the internal sense organs. So therefore, the point where the chilesas, the defilements, are able to arise is when pasa happens, when there's this contact. When the eye sees a form, for instance, or the nose smells an odor, then this is where the chilesas uh, manifest in the heart. Venerable Ajahn Chah gave an example. He said, it's like a sour mango. So the sourness is there within the mango. But as long as we don't touch that mango to our tongues, then we won't feel it. We won't be able to taste that. So it's only when there is this contact, then there'll be knowing there. There'll be a mental impression that arises. And from this mental impression, that gives an opening for the chilesas to come up. So it's right here in contact where the chilesas have an opening to arise. So therefore, we should all maintain our mindfulness and try to keep it quick enough to stay abreast of these uh, of contact. Whenever this contact arises, to be able to contemplate and teach our minds to not allow them to get involved in liking or disliking towards the Vedana. Because when our minds are involved in liking, then this is the path of indulging in sense pleasure. And when they fall into disliking, then that's the path of self-deprivation. And the Buddha taught that these two extremes are not the way to peace. So when there is this contact and we experience objects and there's pleasure that arises towards that, then the mind won't be peaceful at that time. There will be clinging and craving that comes up. 
and the mind will go off and think and proliferate on top of that without end. And the same thing as well when there is disliking that comes up, then this will cause the mind to be frantic and chaotic. And there'll be various forms of tanha um, that prevent the mind from gathering into peace. So therefore we need to contemplate and teach our minds to not allow them to get caught into liking or disliking, to keep them here in the present moment, to keep the mind centered and in the middle because the mind in its original and natural state is pure and bright. It's just that later on these kilesas come up and they stir the mind up, cause it to be frantic and chaotic. So therefore we need to bring up our effort and to know what's going on, to try to keep our mindfulness here in the present moment so the wisdom is able to arise. And whenever any of these defilements come up, then we contemplate into the nature of defilements and know what's going on. Because it's these defilements that lead us into suffering. And the way they do that is by causing us to go and attach. And whenever we're suffering, it's because we've attached to something. This attachment causes a sense of self to arise. And from the sense of self, there is anguish and despair. So therefore, we have our mindfulness centered and present and to have a sense of care around our hearts as well. Whenever the eye sees a form, then we contemplate in order to prevent the mind from getting caught into liking or disliking. And when we do that, then the mind is here and centered. It's in the middle. And this very state of equipoise, of keeping the mind centered, is the place where we will see the Dharma, where we'll come to know the Dharma and attain to the Dharma, right here in this centered spot. This is the state of mind that Venerable Anya Kondanya had when he listened to the Dharma um, in the first sermon that the Buddha gave. And so today, when this talk was recorded, uh, Visaka Puja, so the day that the Buddha uh, was born into the world, the day that he attained uh, perfect self-awakening, and the day that he passed into Nibbana. When he was born and he came into this world as Prince Siddhartha, and on his day of enlightenment, that's when he attained to Buddhahood. And then on the day of his passing, um, what we refer to is the passing just of his khandas or of his physical bodies. Physical body, sorry. And so when we talk about these three aspects, what we're really talking about is kind of the physical aspects of it. That when he was born into this world um, as Prince Siddhartha, that was being born into a human body. But it was only when he had the clear wisdom that allowed him to attain to perfect self-awakening 
that he was able to um, be born as the Buddha, to experience this inner birth um, as the Buddha. So all of these three things happened on uh, the same day, on the same date, rather. And so it's on this day that we recollect them. On the night of his enlightenment, what was it that the Buddha attained to? And how did he attain to it? What was he doing? Well, he was contemplating into the process that allows suffering to arise. There's this contact which gives rise to Vedana or feeling. And then from that, there's craving and attachment. So he contemplated this whole process and saw what gave rise to it, what started it off, was avicca or ignorance. So all of us, we want, we practice Dharma because we want to know and understand the Dharma. We want to see truth clearly in a way that will relieve all of our doubts. So what we need to do is to be taking good care of our hearts and constantly following up on them, asking ourselves, what are our minds like right now? So this is jitta nupasana, the aspect of the satipatthana, the foundations of mindfulness that concerns um, taking the mind as the basis for mindfulness. So if the mind is getting involved in doubts, then we ask ourselves, what is it that it's doubting? If it's really unsettled and scattered, then what is it unsettled about? If it's seeking for pleasure in sensual objects, then we know that. If it's involved in liking or disliking, we know that. If there's lust or hatred or delusion, then we know that the mind is in that state. And whatever posture our bodies are in, we should always be training our minds, always be following up on them. So as practitioners, we need to look after our hearts well. Whenever there's a feeling that comes up that we don't like, um, and that then goes and gives rise to anger, and the mind proliferates on top of that, then we need to take stock of what's happened and look into our minds, know that anger has arisen, that there is ill will present in the mind. And then from that, from that acceptance and knowledge of what's happened, then we ask ourselves, how can we bring our minds back into a normal state? How can we pull them back into the middle? So just like if the weather is really hot, then we use some cool water to cool ourselves off. So the same, when the mind is in a hot and agitated state through any of these emotions, then we need to use something to cool it down. If our mindfulness and wisdom is up to scratch, then we can just teach ourselves that anger isn't good and we shouldn't go and attach to it. And our minds will be able to accept that truth and calm down because of that teaching. They'll come back into the centered place where there's no 
involvement or liking or disliking. And we try to maintain that as long as possible, this centeredness, this equipoise of heart. And it's not that in this centered place that there's just nothing there at all. It's not like there's an empty void. What's contained in um, the middleness or the normalcy of the heart is great happiness, a very deep sense of joy and a profound peace. It's a happiness of a level that maybe we've never experienced before and far deeper and more fulfilling than any happiness that depends upon external sense contact or objects. It's independent of all the things of the world. And so we say that it's gone beyond the world. It's Lokutara. To get to this state, though, we need to always be watching our minds, knowing what has gone on inside. If they're involved in raga, for instance, in lust, then we try to see what it is that um, they are desiring. Are we seeking for pleasure or do we see um, any delight in forms, in material objects or in bodies? If there is, then we know that. Um, we know that the mind has given rise to this seeking of pleasure. And if that seeking out of satisfaction from external things is within the boundary of sila dharma, if it's in the bounds of moral integrity, then that's all right and that's normal. But if it's too much, then we need to try and um, to lessen the extent to which has gone on in our minds. And we can do that through contemplation, through telling ourselves that these things aren't sure, they're impermanent. Telling ourselves that all material things arise, last for a period of time, and then they disperse, they cease. This edification of the heart is uh, what allows our minds to calm down and to come back into the spot of being in the middle. So if there is the seeking for pleasure out of bodies, out of these uh, physical forms, then we teach ourselves in a way that we'll be able to understand the truth and tell ourselves that all of these bodies, once they're born, they'll have to grow old, get sick, and then die. We tell ourselves that we won't be able to find anything beautiful contained within them. There's no self there at all. There's no permanent thing in these bodies. We can't find any abiding, lasting essence in them. Doing this uh, allows wisdom to arise. And this wisdom then gives uh, rise to calmness. And this is what we call uh, panya, developing samadhi. So throughout the day, we follow up on our minds, knowing what's going on. And then when we have the time, then we engage in formal practice. But really, we have time throughout the entire day, whether we're at home or at work, then we can look at our minds and know what they're doing, whether they're getting involved in liking or disliking. 
whether they're seeking pleasure in something, whether they're um, being averse and annoyed towards something. And we know what, what's causing that and what they're thinking about. We understand why it is that our minds are frantic. And then we go about teaching them, about guiding them towards truth. So if they're getting all stirred up, then we can tell them that everything that's born will have to meet with death. So why am I getting so, so caught up in these things? Why am I going and attaching to them? And we teach our minds in this way. <clears throat> 